Welcome to the Harrison Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Brian Herring. It's our prayer. This message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. How many of you guys are like, I'm done with Christmas? Anybody? Raise your hand. You guys are done. How many of you still have Christmas stuff to do? Still have Christmas parties to go to? You need a short sermon today. You need me to wrap it up quick. You got people to cook for? Anybody? Anybody? No? Okay, there's one. Okay. Well, this morning, we are going to talk a little bit more about Christmas. Just a little bit more. And we're going to just take a look at the Word and see how Christmas reminds us that God does, in fact, keep His promises. Amen? So let's look at the word together. Um, How many of you guys read through, or you were maybe here for the communion service, uh, the candlelight communion, so you've read through the first part of Luke chapter 2. Anybody? Do you guys do that around the Christmas tree? Nobody reads the Bible. Okay, awesome, awesome. So usually at Christmas time, the first part of Luke is what we read, right? We, we read that um, the shepherds came and they heard and the angels announced the coming of the Lord. Um, and then once Christmas is over, we're done. We don't look at Luke anymore. We don't think about it. Christmas is over. But I want us to linger there for a little bit. Because although Christmas is about the arrival of the Lord Jesus, there's a little bit more to the story. And what I think is really great is that God knows that when we're in the process of following his leading, he knows that we need reminders. We need prompts. We need uh, comfort. We need another, another nudge in the right direction. And the Christmas story reminds us that God, God knows that about us, and he does that for us. So we're going to pick up where some of you left off in Luke. And if you want to go ahead and uh, open up your Bible to Luke, I know, your phone, swipe it open there. Um, You know, I've always thought it's interesting that when you look at the four Gospels, there's lots of times where they overlap almost almost exactly. But in the story of the birth of Christ, they really come at it from different angles. Mark skips over the whole daggum thing. He's just ready for Jesus' ministry. And uh, Matthew does a nice job of reminding us that Christ's coming was a fulfillment of many scriptures. So it's a good reminder that God does keep his promises. John takes us all the way back and reflects from Genesis. But here we are in Luke. I'm hoping that gave you a moment to get there. And what you'll see is in Luke chapter 2, from the beginning, it's, this is the part that, like they say, in the Charlie Brown thing, right? In those days, Caesar Augustus, this sounds familiar to you. And if you look all the way down, we're going to pick up at verse 21. Now, I'm just going to read this for you, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. So, the shepherds are gone. They returned. And on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was given the name Jesus. The name the angel had given him before he was even conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And that little reference there is to Exodus 13. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two pigeons. And that little reference takes us back to Leviticus 12. 
So they were still following the law of Moses. They were being good Jews, and they were doing what they were supposed to do. They didn't think they had an out because, you know, this miraculous conception or anything. Then there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you've promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the rising and falling of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. And there was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshiped day and night, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Amen. You know what I think is fascinating about this story? So the whole birth happened. Christmas happened. Advent came. He, he came as he said he would. The promise was fulfilled. And don't forget, there were some really miraculous things that happened. I mean, Elizabeth had been barren, and then all of a sudden she's pregnant. And Zechariah, her husband, has the song of praise when John is born. There's prophecies that John will go before him. There, there's the whole situation with Joseph having visits and dreams by the angels. And for heaven's sakes, Mary got pregnant, like by the Holy Spirit. There was a lot of miraculous things happening. Mary went and visited Elizabeth. And as soon as she came in the room, Elizabeth's belly, baby John and her belly leapt inside of her. There was reminder after reminder after reminder that something awesome was happening and that God was keeping his promises. Reminder after reminder. And then finally, Jesus is born. Random shepherds come out from the field saying they saw some angels. Reminder after reminder after reminder that God is, in fact, keeping his promises. And when we look at the scriptures, we have the hindsight view. We can look at all this and say, well, obviously. I mean, surely you have to realize you're in the middle of something awesome. But they circumcise him, they take him back, and it's usually about after 40 days that they take him back to the temple to be presented to the Lord, which is maybe like our baby dedication, kind of, the Jewish version of it. And so it had been a little bit more than a month. Now, I don't know about you guys, but have you ever had God maybe promise something to you, whisper something to your heart, you just know something to be true, and then in 20 minutes you're just not sure anymore that that was real? <laughs> 
Anybody? <laughs> Where you felt it in that moment, it seemed really real and really true, and then a day or two later, you're like, yeah, but I don't know. Is God really saying that? And God knows. He knows how we are. He knows how fleeting those emotions can come and how we need reminders to stay on the right track. And so here they were, taking him to the temple. They were going through the motions. They were doing just what they were supposed to do. They weren't doing it because they felt like it. They were doing it because it was the law of the Lord. And in that moment, they get another reminder. God is keeping his promises. Just in case you forgot, just in case you don't feel it anymore, just in case you're exhausted because this newborn's keeping you up all night, just in case, I want you to remember that this really is the Messiah, that this really is the King of glory come. And so here Simeon's able to take this child into his arms and say, yes, yet again, I'm reminding you, God is keeping his promises. Christmas reminds us of this. He takes that child into his arms. He was moved by the spirit to be there. He was a man of prayer who was longing and longing for the Messiah to come. And, you know, as we've talked about in service here in the month of December, you know, it had been hundreds of years since anybody had heard of, of anything from the Messiah. Hundreds of years. Here we are today, and we are thousands of years for when Jesus came. But Advent and Christmas reminds us that just as he come once, he will come again. He will come again. And so we're in this spot where culture's crazy and things are wild and there's so many distractions upon us. But I wonder today, do you long for the coming of the Lord the way Zechariah did, or Simeon, the way Simeon did? He stayed in the temple courts and he was longing for the return, for the coming of the Lord, which reminds us that we do need to long for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And every year at Christmas, this is another reminder God is keeping his promises to his people. He did it once, and he will do it again. Amen to that. You know what I think is beautiful is when Simeon takes the child Jesus into his arms, he says this beautiful prayer. He says, you can kill me now, God, because you, you kept your promise to me. You, he says, you can dismiss me, but you know, what he really means is I'm ready to die. Like, I saw what you said I would see. And then he speaks of the salvation this child's going to bring. The salvation not only for the, for the people of Israel, but guys, for us, for Gentiles. It's a beautiful promise, right? But then after that, he turns to Mary, and the promise he gives her isn't quite as sweet. The promise he gives to Mary is that this child is going to be divisive for some people. He's going to cause the rising and falling of Israel. And that when he speaks, people's hearts will be revealed. And guys, that's a double-edged sword. And he says to Mary that sword is going to pierce your soul too. And God keeps his promises. He keeps all of them, doesn't he? And you know, I am sure the scriptures tell us, in fact, here in Luke it says it again and again, that Mary, Mary treasured these things in her heart and she pondered them. She treasured them and kept them up in her heart and pondered them because she needed reminders. This was a difficult road for Mary. And she needed those reminders to stay with her. She treasured this up, and she thought, I wonder what this means. But could you imagine being Mary and being given a promise like that? 
And yet for our benefit and because he loves us, it came true. It came true. And you know, here's what I want to say this morning. I don't want us to get numb or apathetic to the fact that God, he, Jesus is coming again. He really is coming again. And so that was the promise fulfilled that Christmas reminds us of. But let me read to you what we are looking forward to today. We have salvation. We have reconciliation. That consolation of Israel that Simeon was hoping for, it has come. It's just not yet complete. And so I'm going to turn to Revelation 21, and I'm going to read you about eight verses in there. It says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first earth and the first earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He is a promise keeper. He said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this. I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. You guys, when I was preparing this, do you know how bad I wanted to just cut that last verse off? Because how beautiful would it have been to just kind of end that scripture reading with, those who are victorious will inherit in all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. And we could have all said amen to that and felt great about it, right? Because that's the hope and the promise that we're looking for. But remember, when God keeps his promises, he keeps them all. And if I were to cut that part out, it would be the same as Simeon not looking at Mary and saying, a sword will pierce your heart too. But guys, this is what should prompt us to go and fulfill the Great Commission. Without the fulfillment of the entire promise, why would we do anything except sit here in our own comfort and salvation? We need to be prompted to move forward and fulfill the Great Commission. When Jesus left, he said, go into all the nations and make disciples. He said, go and do this. We need to do this work because God keeps all of his promises. He keeps them all. Does that stir you? Does that prompt you? It should. Let's be like Simeon, waiting, expecting, hoping. 
And let's do what Jesus asked us to do and go share this good news with everybody because this is the hope we're looking for. Who's in for no more crying, no more pain, no more tears, no more death, no more mourning? Are you guys in for that deal? Well, let's spread this word because everybody else can be in for the deal too. Let's share this message and let's remind ourselves today that God is good. He's keeping his promises to us. He came once and he will come again. Amen? Amen. I'm telling you, I'm going short today, but you know what? That, let's, let's come on up here. Here's what I'm going to do this morning. This is just a simple reminder that Christmas is a beautiful promise. And so here's what we're going to do, guys. I am going to read a chapter out of Isaiah to you as we close today. And I want it to be celebratory. I want it to be a reminder to you that God is keeping his promises to his people. He is. We can rest in that and trust in that, right? And so as I read Isaiah 55, I want you to hear it. I want you to put those pieces together. I want you to grab hold of promises that you, like Mary, can treasure and ponder in your heart. And then we're going to sing Waymaker together. And remember again that he is a good promise keeper, and we can trust him. Amen to that? All right. So Isaiah 55 says this. Come. All you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations that you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You, my friends, will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars the myrtle will grow. For this will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Amen. He's going to keep his promises to us, friends. Stand and let's sing together.